Building Faith Podcast by Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our community by going to chrisreese.com. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E.com. So who formed your idea of love? If you're like many, it wasn't God. It wasn't your parents. It wasn't even the person you fell in love with. No, it was something much more distorted and toxic. It was from the movies. And for as long as broadcast has been in existence, they have continued to pervert and disfigure the true meaning of loving relationships. And that's why in today's video, I want to talk to you about the five toxic movies that God wants you to stop romanticizing now. Well, welcome back, my friend. My name is Chris Reese, and it is my hope to help you navigate toxic relationships biblically. So if you're being blessed by our time together, please consider subscribing. Pop culture affects our views of love and relationships more than we'd like to admit. Even ones that we know are ungodly can even shape our desires and expectations in destructive ways if you're not careful. Entertainment is not a pa as passive as we'd like to believe. I want you to think of the word entertainment. So you see, when we sit down to a movie, a TV show, a video game, or any other piece of content that we are allowing whatever the person created to enter into our soul. Think of how much easier you laugh at jokes at a comedy club. That's because the environment has been set for that entertainment. So when you sit down to a romantic movie, you're likely doing so with an open mind to receive all the thoughts and the feelings that are associated with this movie. And based upon those feelings, you build your belief system. And how many times have you heard someone describe a man or a woman of their dreams as this person who only exists inside of a movie? And that's because our view of reality is skewed. They say that more men struggle with pornography than women, but I don't necessarily believe that. Even if women aren't dealing with the same type of pornography as men, their version can be found in the form of romantic movies and romance novels. Films that give you warm and fuzzy romantic feelings but are riddled with warning signs of codependency and toxicity are what are running rampant in Hollywood today. And that's why in today's video, I want to talk to you about five toxic movies that God wants you to stop romanticizing. But before we dive in, let's lay the groundwork by talking about the myths that these movies portray. The myth that they portray is number one, if it's true love, you'll forgive and forget. They'll also say you can't help who you fall in love with. They'll also say that love and addiction pretty much one in the same. They'll also say that miscommunication is normal and makes for a more romantic relationship. They'll also say that you need the other person to make you whole. Another myth they'll say is that love conquers all. Well, there is some truth in that, but not in the way that they're romanticizing their love. The difference between eros, addiction, and agape. We'll get into that in a little while. They also perpetuate the myth that we all have a soulmate. Another myth is being chased is romantic. No, no, that's what narcissists thrive off of. What you want is to be pursued. And that may seem boring, but it's godly and it's going to lead to lasting love. They'll also say that constant fighting means that we have passion. No, no, my friend, it means you have not learned how to control your flesh and you're looking for an excuse to remain in an immature relationship and call it romantic. It, they, they perpetuate this myth that if I miss you, we must be meant 
for each other. And lastly, the payoff. And here's where we believe that sticking with someone no matter what is going to have a big payoff. And by payoff, I mean, maybe you hear the words, oh, you were too good for me on their deathbed. So let's go ahead and dive into the five toxic movies that God wants you to stop romanticizing. Number one, a star is born. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper took the world by storm in the latest retelling of A Star is Born, but we can't ignore the dangerous message that this sends, that a woman should stay in an abusive relationship. See, Allie continues to make excuses and sacrifices for Jackson because she feels like she owes him for her success. And no matter how lightly she treads on those eggshells or how much she loves him, she can't save him from his demons. And instead of celebrating Allie's achievements, Jackson spirals further into his addiction and depression. And there isn't a happy ending to this tale, yet filmgoers are captivated by this love story. This movie is riddled with breathtaking levels of codependency. It is a story about doing what feels right and not overthinking. The truth is, Allie would have done well to not trust her feelings and actually think about what she was getting into. And it's time to stop confusing passion with abuse and look at stories like these as a more cautionary tale of how not to be in relationship. Instead, there should have been some severe boundaries put in place to protect herself from his behavior with the hopes to prompt him to change, not in a codependent way, at the very least, have enough respect for herself to step away when someone refuses to get help. But I suppose that wouldn't have made for a box office hit. Number two is Greece. Now, I realize that we are on the heels of the recent passing of the beloved Olivia Newton-John, but that doesn't take away from the fact that This movie created a toxic impression on young and old minds alike with its undercurrent of repression versus sexual freedom. Behind the catchy songs, cool costumes, and pure nostalgia of Greece, it is a relationship that should never have gone beyond a summer fling. You see, Gone was the sweet Danny Zuko from Sandy's Summer at the beach, and in his place was a rude misogynist who treated her terribly. First, he doesn't want her friends to see them together, and then he tries to pressure her into sex when she says no. And then the closing scene that sealed the movie was the most toxic of all, where Sandy changed into a cigarette-smoking bad girl to win over the boy. Look, if anyone should have done the changing, it should have been Danny. But I guess 1 Corinthians 15.33 is spot on when it says bad company corrupts good morals. Number three, Jerry Maguire. This movie is famous for more one-liners than any other toxic romance movie I've ever seen. From the show me the money to you had me at hello to the famous you complete me. Jerry is an overly ambitious narcissist with intimacy issues who constantly disrespects Dorothy, but she still blames herself. And the movie is the poster child for toxic codependency. It had more relationship red flags than a racetrack. With its never-ending push-pull dynamic, Dorothy admits to loving him for the man he 
almost is. Look, this rescue complex that we see in both Dorothy and Jerry is a classic sign of codependency. And at one point, when Jerry realizes that he's alone without anyone to share his success, he goes rushing to Dorothy and delivers this heartfelt speech that moves an an embittered support group of divorced women to tears. Of course, a real support group might have thrown him out on his rear end and pointed out to Dorothy that healthy relationships aren't about completing each other. But I digress. My friend, when your identity is in Christ, you're already complete. Number four, The Notebook. Look, I got to confess, I liked this movie. (laughs) Two teenagers from opposite sides of the tracks, Noah and Allie, have been held up as the ideal depiction of romance since The Notebook was released in 2004. And Ryan Gosling and uh, Rachel Adams even accepted their MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss with an epic makeout session. But when it comes down to it, this relationship was dangerous and destructive. Noah was obsessed, verbally abusive. He resorted to emotional manipulation by threatening suicide very early on in the movie. And as the characters get older, I got to be honest with you, I question whether they really even liked each other. And this would have been better off as a uh, a summer fling rather than this long drawn out love story. And don't get me started on the whole, if you're a bird, I'm a bird thing. I don't know. Since when did it become romantic to now have your identity wrapped up in another person? And while the ending of the two people sharing their life together and never letting go is this beautiful romantic sentiment, the toxic volatility of their relationship really makes it hard to believe that they were able to raise emotionally healthy children. That intense passion in which they fought and equal passion just to get over it screams of avoidance and immaturity. And what the notebook lacks in everyday life issues is the middle It's the growth and the learning of what it takes to mature into a couple who no longer rely on passion to prove their love. And what's interesting is that the notebook is based off of a novel by Nicholas Sparks, but in the original book, you don't see the arguing and the intensity that you see in the movie. And this captured me because it seems that people love to, dare I say, even need to see that kind of intensity. And maybe because it gives them hope that their volatile relationships are going to have a happy ending too. And number five, beauty and the beast. There is something so gratifying about seeing a redemption story played out on screen. But this tale as old as time is laden with problems, although it's wrapped in a happily ever ending package. The beast is temperamental, mean, and abusive. And he was actually transformed into a beast because his heart lacked love and compassion. And Belle is kept as a prisoner in the castle until he learns to love and breaks the curse. Does she give her life up to be with him because he's truly good underneath that gruff exterior? Or is it a case of Stockholm Syndrome? Perhaps the most troubling aspect of this relationship is that it gives young audiences a dangerous message. Stay with your abuser you can get them to change. It is a toxic message at its finest that keeps women and men alike enduring poisonous people all in the name of love. And the list of toxic movies that have shaped our idea of love is endless. But what is love? 
There are four types of love in the Bible, and the one that we see most in codependent toxic relationships is eros. It is what we would refer to as the erotic, romantic kind of love. And while this love has a place in healthy relationships, it's the one most commonly abused in toxic relationships where it borders on addiction. The love God calls for us to have for others is agape love. It is the love that God has for you and me. That is is true love. Don't confuse addiction with agape. If you are ready to stop people-pleasing and start God-pleasing, I want you to check out my online course called Conquering Codependency Biblically. And you want to get to know the awesome creation that is you? Go ahead and grab my free What's My Temperament Guide to get you on track to learning how fearfully and wonderfully made you truly are. Thank you for listening to the Building Faith Podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more resources mentioned in this podcast, go to chrisreese.com. While you're there, help us keep the Building Faith Podcast on the air by becoming a monthly supporter or by making a one-time donation. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.